What's up, Dunwoody? When I was four years old, I started playing soccer. My parents signed me up. Neither of them had ever played before. I was awful. My dad watched from the sideline for one season, and then he read a few books, watched a few VHS tapes, and was the coach of my team the following season. I grew up at the soccer fields. Uh, when my game was over, I stayed at the fields for my little brother's games. I love soccer, and I want my boys to love it too. Uh, in about six months, both boys will be playing at the new fields at Brook Run, two brand-new full-size turf fields a half mile from our house. There'll be a large concession stand, a playground for the younger kids. After the games, we can walk over to the amphitheater for a little music. It's going to be magical. Last year, when they announced the plans that gave the Chiefs Football Club access to those fields, I knew we needed to join them. Uh, we left the YMCA and started playing at the little open field at the top of Pernishaw. We have loved the Chiefs program so far, and so I reached out to their executive director, Neil McNabb, and asked him to come on the show. That's what we do for the show. Um, when I see folks around the community making the community better, we feature them on the show. My name is Matt Weber. I'm the Dunwoody Realtor Dude. When you're ready to sell, nobody can market your home like I can. Using this What's Up Dunwoody platform, I can get your listing in front of more buyers than 99% of other agents. Please give me a call when you start thinking about selling. Um, all of our info is on the website. My co-host is Justin Dyke. Justin is founder of PoolDues.com. He is the social director at the Georgetown Rec Club. And then through a pretty sweet tween party on Saturday, uh, middle schoolers from all over Dunwoody got together at the Georgetown Pool. They played video games, raced remote control boats, did scavenger hunts. There was a cake eating competition where you couldn't use your hands. You know, middle school stuff. Check out the video in the show notes. It actually looked like a really good time. Brett Friedman from Village Orthodontics is our sponsor. If you're a regular listener, you've heard us mention his name a lot. When you do eventually go in there, please tell him that you heard his name on the show. It is really cool when he tells us that we got him a patient or that somebody came in and mentioned the show. Support our favorite sponsor. He's a good guy with an amazing office and a great staff right in the village. But enough about us. Here's our conversation with Neil McNabb from Chiefs FC. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. So we're here with uh, Neil McNabb from the Chiefs FC. They have been given the Brook Run Fields for next year. You've teamed up with Dunwoody to get the new Brook Run Fields for next year. And um, thought we'd have them on and tell us a little bit about your soccer program. Thanks for having me on, guys. They're very excited about these fields. You know, we've been partners with the city for the last four and a half years, um, working with Brent and Rachel and, and the city council. We started over at uh, Penertial Park which was new and it's beautiful, but it's small. Yep. And so we try to put the uh, three, four, five-year-olds on that field. And, you know, those kids, as time goes on, are getting older and bigger. And so we're really excited about transitioning over to the, the brand new facility. It's really exciting. Two enormous fields. It's going to be way different, huh? Uh, yeah. So, you know, they're going to be two full-size fields, artificial turf, lights, new concession. Uh, we're going to be partnering with the city to help uh, put the new playground in there. So oh, okay. that's uh, part of the arrangement is we, we want to, you know, we want to be a good partner. So we don't want to just take, but we want to give back. And that's one of the ways that we're, we're going to try to do that. Oh, well, tell us more about this. Uh, where's the playground? Are you talking about the main playground? No, no. This is going to be one that's going to be right next to the, the soccer fields. So because, my three-year-old can yeah. play. Ah. So while you're watching. I heard about this. Breaking news. While you're what, watching wow. the, the soccer game, you'll be able to have one eye on the playground. Or if you want to climb on the monkey bars yourself, you know, you can go out there and yeah. get your exercise in while you're uh, I tried to do monkey fine. bars the other day, and it's changed now that I'm 205. It's hard. It's real hard. I can do pull-ups. I can do pull-ups fine, but actually reaching to the next one and holding on with one hand is tough. How many did you get through? Not many. I think maybe four or so, and I dropped. But I can do pull-ups. How, how long can you just hang? 
Not very long, probably. Yeah, that's what I worry about. That and like in a backdraft situation, like I'm going down (laughs) quick. I don't even get through the conversation where I'm like, "Don't worry about bullet saving me." I would just drop. I don't know the movie, but what? (laughs) All right. Well, so tell us more about soccer. Where where did the Chiefs come from? When did you? How'd you start it? Uh, So we started the Chiefs in uh, June of 2008. So we're just 11 years old now. we are primarily have been playing out of uh, Pleasantdale Park, which is a park that we partnered with the city, uh, sorry, with the Cap County Parks and Rec, uh, and got that in 2010. Uh, it was very underutilized uh, and needed a lot of help. We've resurfaced the fields. We've partnered with the uh, county to put in lights, and now actually we just were have been approved for a long-term facility use. Um, and a huge investment because we're in the process of working on a renovation project for that, which will see the facility turn into three and a half full-size fields. Yeah, there's lots session. of space there. That's what I was yeah, about to say. Yeah, there is. And that's been a really long process mm. with the county to get to that point. And, and, you know, we've been trying to grow and build infrastructure for the for the community, for the kids. And all of a sudden, we now have the project at Brook Run, which is already underway, and then this potential uh, project well it's not going to be a potential it's going to happen it's just it's going to happen after the brook run project concludes and yeah. so so you get to get in on recruiting right uh well i, I feel like kids. it's the field of dreams you know <laughs> you, you build it and they and they shall come i mean you know the, when we put things in place beautiful facilities in communities it's just almost like a, a beacon of light that will draw families in. And, and yeah. Not just for soccer, but for other things too. So with trails and playgrounds and other things, that, you know, kind of what we mentioned with Brook Run, there's there's so many things there to draw the, the kids and families to, to these parks already. This is just going to be kind of the, the icing on the cake. Yeah, and we can walk there from here. So That's always a We're plus. We're going to be there right? a lot, yeah. Maybe we'll get a golf cart. I can drive my kids to the soccer games in a golf cart. That'd be cool. It's not quite Peachtree City. but Yeah, it's not, <laughs> not quite legal here either, but that's okay. I only have to cross one road. That's right. So, um, so Pleasantdale, if, if anybody doesn't know where Pleasantdale is, it's right next to Spaghetti Junction. It's like a stone's throw from Spaghetti Junction. So that's really not that far from here either. That's where we're currently playing. And then when are we going to be moved to Brook Run? Uh, they have planning uh, the city has told us that the fields would be ready at the end of this calendar year. Uh, but as you can imagine, you know that all construction projects always run on yeah. time, right? Just so, a couple months off. Yeah. So you know, look, we're if we're hoping with a little bit of buffer room there, depending on how wet of a fall we have, that uh, sometime in the spring of 2020. And yeah, I mean, as soon as we can get in there, and we're excited about what programs that means. You know, more kids playing soccer and. Uh, we have mentioned something to the uh, to the city about maybe adding an adult program too. You know, Ooh, to get some of the adults out there. Definitely playing. be interested in that. Yeah, and just you know, you know we can bring in uh, programs with Georgia Soccer. Right, they've got an, their Olympic Development Program. We could do ID camps as the kids are getting older. Those are interested in playing in college. More summer camp opportunities. I mean, really, we're very excited about what the expansion could mean for layers of programming. And you know, the the more kids are active and and adults. Right, the, the the better off we're all going to be. So I like the adult thing. I can help you with that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Because I've been at Silverbacks for like what, fifteen years since I graduated high, yeah. uh, college, and I love it there. But that's closer. That's right. <laughs> and I'd rather be playing against Dunwoody guys, you know. Then well, we're, the we're excited. Of One of our own coaches asked when we were going to get the coaches team together, and I said it sounds like you could be the team manager. So <laughs> yeah, you just <laughs> volunteered yourself. You did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sucker. That's what happens. Be careful when you speak up. <laughs> right, right. Does it pain you every time you hear the word soccer? Um, you know, it doesn't. Uh, Got used to it. It used to. I moved here. It's been twenty years, so. So yeah. Yeah, and it's set in, I guess. Well, and it's what it's referred to here, so, you know, kind of 
it would it would be odd if I was being the stickler and trying to call it football all the time. Obviously, yeah. you know, I grew up in Manchester in England, so it's it's been in the blood since I was born. Yeah. And uh, but now we're kind of adopting football again you know like the the football leagues they'll yeah. f-u-t right you i mean that's that? what that's what our name is f-u-t-b-o-l right and, and yeah. chiefs fc so well what do you think about football in america or soccer in america <laughs> uh you know it it's really grown catching up a little bit tw- absolutely uh well yeah, the I mean, women's I, world cup I, I think the rest of the world is catching up to to the women's team I yeah mean, I, although that's true you know they're uh, they're extremely strong, but the the game has really been picking up um, ra- around the rest of the world in Europe. We're playing catch up to the women's game. Uh, Why do you think that is? Yeah, and describe that more. You're saying that other countries don't invest as much into their women's World Cup well, teams. Girls or, from or, Afghanistan aren't going to have a team. Oh, you know, like I, I think that's how a lot of those countries are just ruled out because women aren't allowed to play anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, but I, that's not how it is in England. I'm sure that. But the game in England for the for. Uh, the girls really has picked up over the last decade or so. And there used to be, you know, my sister, who's in her early 30s, I don't want to say too much more. She started her high school soccer team, and which is high school football team in England, you know, they, which is amazing to think. And that they were playing catch up for a game there that's been played with the men for so long, you know, hundreds mm-hmm. of years. So the, I think that with the introduction of, of Title IX here, that really pushed some of the the women's sports along, which is wonderful because we, you know, absolutely. Do you know uh, what Title Nine is? Not uh, when they take your car. So if Georgia has a University of Georgia has a football team, mm-hmm. then they have to even that out by having one sport that's just girls. So the University of Georgia doesn't have a men's soccer team. It's to do with the amount what? of finances to even it out. It's to do with the amount of finances that are put into the sports, number of scholarships and stuff like that. So. Uh, you know that that really pushed uh, female athletes and opportunities increased that. You know, going back. Wait a, a minute. They had UGA had to give up a men's soccer team. A, like they didn't have a men's soccer team, and they didn't have oh. a women's soccer team. But with the introduction of this, and this is going back a while now. You know, they then they had to even out. Well, if they're providing, you know, fifty scholarship. I don't know what the scholarship rate is for for American football. But then they had to put in the same amount. Uh, so if you look at this big schools in the SEC, for example, they typically have, if they have a really strong football program, they actually have really strong women's soccer programs. Mm-hmm. Alabama, Auburn, you know, things like that, Georgia. Yeah. But I don't feel like men's soccer should be the sacrificial lamb here. Yeah. I don't think they were a sacrificial lamb. I think that they were the, uh, you know, when you look at the funding, they've got to have an even, even playing field. So... Um, I think that's the direction that they've got in. I think there's plenty of funding and there's plenty of tons of good men soccer programs uh, in the collegiate realm. And now you see these, you know, the intro, how MLS has grown, uh, you know, over the last decade and the new programs. Obviously, we've all we all know what's gone on here in Atlanta with Atlanta United being yeah, added and what they're huge. doing in the youth program. And I mean that practice, $63 million practice facility. You know, going in, which is just spectacular. Yeah, talk about that a little. I know a little bit about that, but yeah, it's so like the, a training ground for. Yeah, it's the practice facility. It's over in Marietta. Uh, it was based on the Tottenham Hotspur model. It's kind of like what you grew up with. Darren, right? Yeah, mean, you know, Darren Eels came from Tottenham. My, my father actually played for Tottenham back in the seventies, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean, there wasn't those types of finances in the game back then. And they built this facility. Obviously, Atlanta United Arthur Blank building the the what's gone on with. Uh, you know, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So they, they have so many, uh, the, the money that's been poured in, but the support from the community has just been, 
I don't think they ever re- realized how big. I think they thought they were, we're going to get some support here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a big city. Atlanta's craving something very large amount of diversity, and you know, folks from all over the world and the Hispanic. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Hispanic, African, Asian, European. I mean, this is a melting pot. Yeah, and you go to the games, and it's like that. I mean, oh, it's it's crazy. So you know, it's not uh, the the amount of support's just been it's been nuts. And when you go and see what the infrastructure that they're putting in place, and the number of kids that are now playing, I mean, we, you know, we finally have local heroes, right? So, I mean, you know, one of our, our thing I claim to fame with with the Atlanta United is uh, Alec Khan, who's the the he's currently the backup keeper to Brad Guzan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Alec, uh, he played for my dad. My uh, dad yeah. was his coach here locally. Alec grew up in Decatur, and uh, and went to school at Lakeside High before he went off to play in college. But you know, it's great to see that, and the, there is some young kids on that roster. You know, you've got the other guys coming through that grew up in Atlanta and yeah. Georgia, and they've got a few on the roster. It'd be great to see more of them coming through. Uh, but that's not going to be everybody's story, right? They're not all going to end up as professional players. So what are we developing here in our grassroots community? It's We're developing fans of the game. We're mm-hmm. developing kids that fall in love with the sport, that hopefully play it through the youth programs that we've got established, and then enter these new adult leagues that we've got established. And maybe they play in college, or maybe they play in some murals. Yeah. And then one day, they'll have kids of their own, and hopefully they want to come back and coach them and give back to the sport or you know sponsor under we've you know we have scholarship programs and stuff like that too hopefully we've got some guys and girls that want to sponsor some of those kids as well and just keep giving back to their communities to their local programs and the cycle yeah absolutely and i've heard that that's the problem with golf right now is that not enough parents got their kids into it and it's seeing a decline just overall Mm -hmm. so it's kind of an expensive sport too well, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Soccer's got an advantage where all you need is a ball, really, you know, ball on a field. Yeah, you know, there is the pay-to-play discussion, right, because of uh, the professionalism that's gone into the youth structure. So, you know, we have some very, very talented coaches, and they're paid for their time, and that's been a model that's been created here in, in the U.S., uh, which is to the children's benefit, but it does mean that the fees paid can be larger. Our, our grassroots entry-level programs are very, very inexpensive mm-hmm. for the younger groups. Um, and so... You know, with that, anytime you, you increase the fees, you will you, you run the risk of excluding some folks because of their economic differences. And that's why we've got, you know, established financial aid programs and sponsorships and things like that so we can make sure that we're including all of these kids. And Yeah, but it's still not outrageous. What did I pay, like 120 bucks or something for yeah, a season? Yeah, I mean, the entry level's around 100 bucks, yeah, yeah, that's yeah for the bad. kids to play. It's once you get up to the, the, the quote-unquote travel teams... Mm-hmm. You know that are competing statewide or beyond that the fees can go can yeah. go up. Can you explain to the parents like what academy is? I, I've never known it as academy. We had premier and classic and yeah. The, so the landscape's changed a lot. Um, you know the academy program starts with a, with the kids around eight years old. It goes to twelve, and that really is that stepping stone from your recreational game where you're you're playing. Um, I don't want to say you're, you're playing for fun at that point. Fun is included at every level. Mm-hmm. It should always be fun. Uh, but now we're talking about that the kids that want to uh, just play just slightly more seriously. Uh, that doesn't mean they can't be multi-sport athletes, but just a little bit more seriously. We provide them with some expert training now. The coaches are all certified. They've all played in college. They've all some have played professionally, you know, and they're they're uh, held accountable. I always joke with our uh, when we're holding parent seminars that we we treat our coaches like teachers in schools, which means that we completely underpay them and overwork them because <laughs> that's kind of the demographic of teachers. And but aside from that, and the wonderful work that teachers do is they've spent so much time 
put investing in the children and there's curriculums to follow and the standards to meet such as lesson planning and game reporting for us right there's lesson planning for practices and we have uh, video equipment so the, the coaches can video themselves teaching and watch themselves back uh, there's the, they get reviewed you know multiple times a year well we even do, for the regular coaches like myself you guys yeah. provided a lot yeah stuff, absolutely yeah classes right. and stuff i didn't take you up on any of them but well they're, they're, they're on we do them you didn't well I'm, i mean i feel like i know soccer already but <laughs> so that's every dad that's like ah, i got this I, there's a lot of dads out there that didn't play i think oh okay got suckered so, into coaching kind of the the longer you're with us the more stuff you'll be exposed to and we do the, those classes are ongoing we do them multiple times a year and just keep advertising and putting it out there and you know we are starting to find that we do have more parents that grew up playing the game you go back 20 years and i used to ask the kids who got to see that who ever watched their own parent playing soccer and the number of arms going it was very very small and now we're asking the kids you know who got to see their parent playing soccer and it's increasing and i think it's going to continue to increase and we'll end up with what we call soccer first families where that was the sport that i grew playing up and so it's I'm not going to, I have three kids. I'm not going to push it down their throats, but I just made sure that every second toy in the basket was a soccer ball. Right. And, you know, no, it's, it's about that. that that's what, me with Star Wars toys. I'm like, right. mm, why don't you play with that TIE fighter over there? It's going to put this on for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll be the first, soccer first means it's the first sport we'll expose them to. Right. It doesn't mean it'll be the one they gra- gravitate to. You know, actually my son really likes playing basketball and my, my daughter's showing recently that she's, quite a good little swimmer and so we want them to be exposed to all these things because you know multi-sport is really 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 important that the kids are are, have the opportunities to do more than than one and not early specialization actually shows the 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 stats show not good stuff with regards to injuries and stuff like that you know um we do care about the kids and their injuries we're actually one of the few leagues um around that has um athletic trainers Mm -hmm. uh, that we provide you know at our, our games and practices that's Premier Sports Medicine, who's also our jersey sponsor. So we'll make sure we give them the plug here. They uh, they've been great. We've been with them for five years now, and you know that uh, Adam that runs the, the company that his his child is is playing in the league too. So it's you know we want it to be a we're all working together. It's a family program. You know I think I said to you guys my dad played professionally. He was one of our founding members with the league eleven years ago, and so we're you know we're soccer families trying to help other soccer families so mm-hmm. it's it's been it's been a lot of fun and we're i think we're just at the the forefront of some really exciting times ahead with the with the new park yeah what is it like working with dunwoody oh gosh they've been phenomenal the uh oh, that's where you told me they were horrible when first, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure we won't name any of those names no they, um uh, brent uh, uh walker who's the head of the parks and rec division our buddy brent fantastic uh they have you know when you talk about partnership the it means that everybody gets something out of it. And I do feel like we are the ones that seem to be getting stuff right now, which is, it's nice, right? We're getting these new shiny fields and we've, we got the field up. They're going to expect a lot from you. Yeah. And they should, they absolutely should because we want to become, we want to be a good partner. So we've tried to go to some of their, um, uh, events that they've hosted. So the, the family fitness days and, the um, being out there, the, is it grooving on the lawn and stuff like that, that yeah, we, we want to be part, we like, we want to show up to those things and show you that we're a good partner. Right. Uh, we want to promote the things that they've got going on. We want to make sure that we're giving back into the community. Once these new fields are built and making sure, you know, one of the things that, that we came in and we said from day one, and I, and I spoke in front of the city council and they, they had to vote, you know, on, whether we were going to be the uh, the official soccer partner for the for the city, were you standing there with another association? 
Um, we weren't at the time. Um, we were just, you know, that we, I guess they had done their, their work behind the scenes and vetted and spoke to different groups. And I really think the thing that sold us, um, and it's true, and, you know, we're not looking to sell something that isn't, isn't accurate. We said, we, we're, what would you do at Pernicial? And we said, well, we would put Dunwoody kids on Dunwoody fields. Mm-hmm. That's the aim. You know, I, when I grew up playing and I played for my local community program for as long as I could. And before I could, you know, graduated out and move on to what the professional ranks look like, you know, in youth programs. And the, uh, I, I just, I never thought I'd, never envisioned would I switch or change. You know, I love playing with my friends that I went to school with. I love playing with seeing them, you know, outside of the soccer field. We used to go to the park and play by, you know, when, when you could back in the day when you could just, you know, leave your house at sun up and come home when the sun sets and with no cell phones and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and that was really important to me. And I think that putting these kids, let, allowing these kids that are growing up in this community to play on the community fields and not have to travel for practices and for games is really, really key because we don't know when the damage that we might actually be doing when, you know, I know I've heard families, you know, driving a couple of hours to be on a certain team and, and I understand when it comes to a certain level and you're looking for a certain what, what is next uh, when these are very competitive players. But I, we don't know the damage that we're doing when we, all that time spent in the car that is taking away from family dinners at home. It's taken away from family vacations because we're doing all these tournaments and extra stuff. I mean, I, I really feel like we need to give fa- family time back to families. Being a parent should be a pain in the butt, right? We grew up, I mean, my, my brother was really good. He was All-American, and he used to drive like an hour to Stone Mountain every day to, to practice, or, you know, a couple times a week. Um, and, you know, they played Dallas Cup. They were all yeah. over there, but we were just a traveling family growing up. I think some of those experiences are amazing. Yeah. I think it's all about, the, but you, every time you, we do something like that, we should be able to articulate the why. Mm-hmm. So when you come to us and, and parents ask me, you know, okay, well, this is the academy program. We said, well, what is that? And we said, well, this, you know, why do we treat our coaches like teachers? You know, why are we holding them accountable? Why are we traveling to certain events or not doing these particular events? You know, one of the things that we've, we've done and we've held strong to this far over the last 11 years is we've never played on um, an event over Thanksgiving. Because I really believe that that's a family time. And here I am, you know, I'm from England and that's an, a purely an American holiday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I love Thanksgiving because, you know, it's the time when families get together and you yeah. hang out with, with your, your loved ones. And I think that's really important to say, well, our why is that we want to make sure that that is for family time. Yeah. You know, and other organizations, why might be because they think it's such an important event that the kids go to. Mm. That's completely fine. I think that it's as long as you can articulate the why. Yeah. There should be a method behind the madness. <laughs> and I don't think it's necessarily about driving an hour either. It's also my, so my son, we would drive him over by Montgomery, uh, Marist High School, you know, mm-hmm. the YMCA there. And, but he was playing with other kids from Sandy Springs and Buckhead and, mm-hmm. you know, all over the place. At Brook Run, he's going to be playing with at least half the team is going to be Dunwoody kids, you know. Um, and we didn't have a field in Dunwoody to play on. And so that's why we were kind of driving all over the place. Not that Pleasantdale's real far from here, but... No, but infrastructure is, is, is so necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, you, if you don't build a school in your community, then people are driving outside of the community to go to school. Right. If you don't have... And then if you do have a school in your community and, it, and it's not um, to the level of, that's required by the community as far as the quality of teachers and the structure and the organization, people still drive out of the community. Right. So we're, we're now at the, at the beginning stages of we're going to have a facility and infrastructure in place where people can come and play in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Now it's up to us to make sure that we're providing that product 
you know, what people are signing up for, you know, a well-organized soccer program that is kid-friendly and kids-first that provides the right level of education to the, to the coaches and the parents so that, and the right environment and culture that is supporting their needs. Mm-hmm. If we don't do that, then they will drive outside the community to find that. So, right. And I mean, you're going to the schools, too. And I know you could do that at Chestnut. You do that with yeah. a lot of the, the Dunwoody schools. So we have um, part of the, the, the partnership, we decided that we needed to get into the local community schools. We're currently at Chestnut Elementary and Dunwoody Elementary offering after-school clubs. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, we're there over at Chestnut one day a week. We're actually at Dunwoody two days a week. Um, and the kids do an eight-week program. And then this is really a skill introduction to soccer. And, you know, this is, uh, we've, we've reached out to a couple of neighboring schools, um, you know, to see if we can establish the programs there. We're looking to grow and build because this is a really inexpensive way for children and obviously parents to sign up their child to be involved in the sport before they know if they, oh, I don't even know if my child likes it. I didn't grow up playing soccer. I want to do something that's inexpensive, that's low commitment before we you know, make that plunge. The last thing I, I, I've known nothing about, um, baseball. And so my son is asked to play baseball and I'm like, You're well, like, I, not in my house. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know about it. And I don't, I, you know, so I, and I, my fear is that he's not, he might not like it. And well, I don't want to commit to a team and then find out later that, you know, two weeks in that this is not for him. And so those after school clubs are really designed around an introduction and so it's low commitment. They're not on a team. They just practice right after school. And then that's a self-containing program. Get this out of your system now, and then we'll talk in two weeks, right? <laughs> well, their buddies are there. They're well, what we found with- is the conversion rate's really high because, you know, our after-school clubs are a lot of fun. The staff go in. They know what they're doing. We, we take a bunch of equipment with us. We play a lot of fun games. You know, there's, there's learning that's happening. The best thing is when the kids don't know that learning's happening. Right. They're just playing. And, and then... Oh, that was super exciting. Okay, cool. Now you've built some confidence, some skills. Let's get you into the the, the league program, which has been smaller, obviously, at, uh, at Penicial Park, a little larger at Pleasantdale because the facility is bigger. And now as Brook Run opens, we have tried to establish a foundation for which we will f- help filter the kids uh, and, and more and more, right? You know, when there's going to be new a new batch of kindergarten students going into these local elementary schools in the fall. We want to try to capture them, expose them to sport, to the sport, let them see how fun it is, and then transition them into to what other playing opportunities they may, they may have. Well, Neil, thanks a lot. How do, uh, how do people get in touch with you? How do, how do people join the Chiefs FC? Uh, they can find us on our website, which is www.chiefsfc.org. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, at Chiefs FC. You guys do a good job with it too. We try to put as much info up there as we can. Um, you know, we uh, the city is sharing a bunch of our stuff too and, and helping promote it. And just we put photos of the kids. You know, everybody wants to see photos of kids smiling playing soccer. So you know, anything that we get sent to us that way is is always easy to share and promote. So yeah, we love to have more kids coming out and, and checking out the program. Uh, we do do a series of uh, free play dates throughout the year, uh, which you know the kids can show up and check us out. We really want folks to know what we are and experience it before they're making, you know, even even a commitment to come in. So reach out to us, ask questions, and uh, we'd love to see the kids out there playing. Okay. And from a personal point of view, I've been with you guys for a couple of years now, and you do a great job. Steve Reed is 
I don't know if we've mentioned his name yet. Yeah, Steve is a good job. Steve's our recreational director. Um, he is. He'd be that first point of contact if your kids are really young, uh, looking to or get bad. into it for the first time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, not bad. Just inexperienced. Right. Yeah. You're gonna use the right term. That, that he's been wonderful. We love having him with us. He's been with us for for a long, long time. All our staff is awesome. You know, they 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 love doing what they do. They love working with kids. Uh, we, we have a high retention rate of coaching staff, uh, a lot of them. And we've actually got some now. We've been around for 11 years, so we've actually got some coaches on staff that used to play for us. Yeah. And that's really cool, and, uh, and it also makes me feel old. But the, uh, <laughs> the fact that they come back and play for us and want to give back to the sport, that's ultimately the best compliment that we can ever receive. Right. Well, cool. Thanks a lot for coming on, Neil. We appreciate it. And, um, yeah, get your kids into Chiefs FC. Oh, 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 oh